Hey everybody, welcome back to Stadia Cast. I'm Bill. That's Lloyd. What's going on, Lloyd? Not much. Little sunburnt, I gotta say. Went went out to the beach in my friend's cabin for the whole day yesterday, and I I'm feeling a little burnt, a little little crispy. So uh at least I'm sitting down and I'm not moving too much, so it should be okay. I'm going to paraphrase something that David Rodriguez Jr. said in chat. Reason number one thousand uh, twelve thousand. I don't know one two five three seven three. Not to go outside. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so be careful of the sun. You got to use that sunscreen, man. Especially, yep. especially, especially now. Uh, before we get started, this is a podcast all about Google Stadia, and you can check it out live on our YouTube channel over at nerdnest.tv every single Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern Time. Lloyd and I sit down. We talk about all of the things that are happening with our uh, with 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 the cloud and, and gaming in the cloud. And uh, thank you very much for coming and hanging out with us. If you are here with us live. You can use the super chat feature to make absolutely sure that we see your message or if there's something that you want us to talk about, you can use that and then we'll add that to the show at the end of the show. Uh, you can also um, you can also use the if you're watching this after the fact, you can also hit the thanks button. Uh, and uh, just like earlier this week, and I meant to have this open, but I closed it because I had to reboot my computer because Windows updated and changed all my <laughs> sound drivers around. Uh, Jack DeSleep, uh, which I'm probably saying his name wrong, uh, did a, a, uh, super thanks earlier this week. And thank you very much for that, Jack. We do appreciate it. You're awesome. All right. And, uh, speaking of people supporting the show, becoming members and stuff like that, we got a bunch of people who became members this week. I got their names on the screen right now, but, uh, you are all awesome. Thank you very much. Let's get into Stadia news though. Uh, before we talk about the news what have you been playing lloyd uh i've been playing a little bit of control man um controls kind of stealth dropped on stadia last week uh, we got the this week on stadia blog post um and control ultimate edition was one of the one of the games that was added or the the game that was added um so i've been checking that out i i have previously played control on playstation 4 um was not a good experience uh very not good last gen um it was slow and framey and it struggled to to reach 30 frames a second uh and then i played it uh to completion on my xbox series x uh right after i got it um after the the uh, next gen patch came out and the game performed beautifully it's an amazing story so i was kind of interested to see where control would sort of fit in on stadia would it be more last gen more current gen uh and it seems like it's it's more current gen with a little bit of a caveat there's no ray tracing um uh, but the graphics are great uh there's two different modes you can choose you can choose uh the beauty mode or the frame rate mode essentially so if you're playing on the mode that is meant for uh beautiful graphics it's uh, a max of 4k uh, 60 frames a second um and if you play on the other mode i believe or sorry 4k 30 I 30 think. and yeah, then it's 30 and in, then if you pretty mode is 30 and then yeah if you play the other one the um the it's uh 1080p 60 i believe so it's kind of in the middle uh or not even in the middle it's it's right near the end of the dial when you're comparing the two different versions that i've played um and it controls um pun intended and plays perfect perfectly uh it looks it looks great some people are saying oh it looks like a, a playstation 3 game or it looks uh a pcra in the chat room says it looks like a playstation 4 port um well it is a playstation 4 port because it started on the last gen um i, I think what a lot of people are noticing saying that it looks like an older game is there's um film grain and there's uh, there's two different graphics. There's um, graphic uh, processing stuff that it puts over top. It puts like a film grain, so everything's kind of gritty because it is kind of like a film noir sort of game. That's what they're trying to emulate a little bit. Um, so it has a little bit of a of like grain in some of the textures, which you can turn uh, that then, off, by the way, in the, exactly. in the settings. And then there's uh, motion blur, so every movement makes the screen kind of blur out a little bit. If you turn those things off, um, it, it looks great. Um, obviously, it doesn't look as great as uh, as it did on my series because it's not doing ray tracing. So mm -hmm. uh, this game has a lot of glass, a lot of reflections, a lot of stone that has reflections, yeah. and a, a lot of that stuff just isn't there. Um, but the game is fine. If you if you if you're not running 
two 4K screens side by side and somehow using both controllers at the same time (laughs) and looking from side to side, you're not going to notice. It's a great port. And I'm really interested to see if, um, if, if they take what they've given and um and 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 increase the graphic quality a little bit uh, down the road as we've seen with a lot of games like uh, borderlands and, and a bunch of other games have have received a uh, graphical updates so um anyway it, graphics aside control is a fantastic title it's uh it's spooky it's there's a mystery there's a lot of unknowns sort of like are these ghosts are they a cult like you don't know what's happening um and it's it's just a great ride from start to finish and um yeah i'm 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 a big fan of control and it's it's great to play it on stadia i'm still super early in the game and i'm really having fun with it as far as the graphics you said it perfectly i like i was about to jump in and say this if you're not playing with it side by side with some other platform and this is true for almost everything like i constantly see people sitting there and they're like they're counting pixels or they're counting frames and then they're like it's three frames per second faster on PlayStation than it is on Xbox. And I just want to say to those people, who cares? It doesn't matter. Just play the game and enjoy it. Do the do the shadows look better on other platforms? Yeah. When you pause the game and stare at it, you're like, oh, man, that doesn't look very good. But when you're just playing and you're, you're in the middle of throwing a, a, a big bag of, I don't know, flour which I don't know why is in that. Like they got like big sandbags in this building. Yeah. I don't know why they're there. But when you when you're just playing the game and you're throwing a giant sandbag at somebody's face, who cares? Just play the game. It's fun. But anyway, I, I I've been playing that a little bit uh, as well. I've never played it before. Um, I, I played it like for I don't know five minutes on Nintendo Switch and it felt sluggish and like yeah. I was trying to push the con- the the controller through syrup. Didn't yep. like it, so I shut it off and stopped playing. By the way, that is also a streaming version. I don't think anybody, by the way, was surprised that Control came to Stadia. It's streaming on the Nintendo Switch. It's streaming on Amazon Luna. It's already a yep. streaming game, so it made sense for them to bring it to uh, Stadia. I haven't played it on Luna. I haven't played it on... I didn't play it very much on the Nintendo Switch, but what I've played on the Stadia version is really good, and I'm very much enjoying it. Whether or not the graphics are up to par is another thing. Like, I saw a bunch of people tweeting about The Ascent, which, by the way, you and I need to play, Lloyd. It's really good. Yes, Um, we do. That just came to Game Pass on the Xbox, and it also came to Game Pass on PC. And for some reason... Everybody is complaining that, well, there's this weird thing where the Game Pass version on PC, and I know this isn't related to Stadia, but it's related to the the mentality of gamers. Um, uh, The Game Pass version on PC doesn't have ray tracing or DLSS, and the Steam version does have ray tracing and DLSS for some reason, whatever that reason is. And I've been playing it on Xbox, doesn't have ray tracing or DLSS, and when I was playing the game, because I hadn't seen all of that, oh, it's so bad because of this stuff, I'm playing the game and I was like, oh my God, the like the clutter in the world as you're running around, there's just trash and detritus everywhere. Um, it, it's, it was like, I was like, this is a gorgeous game. It's beautiful. I didn't notice that it didn't have ray tracing or DLSS. And I'm, right. I'm convinced that if you talk to people who aren't paying attention to the negative nonsense, um, which that's got to be a shirt, I think, uh, <laughs> negative nonsense on the internet about all of this. Like, you, like people just sit down and they play Control and they don't care about that stuff, they're going to have a blast. People who sit down and play The Ascent on their Xbox or on Game Pass through PC, they're going to have a blast because it's about playing a game, not pausing a screen and counting the pixels or looking at it and making it look, the shadows are better over here. Just play. Anyway, my th- yeah. sorry for my rant. What else have you been playing? Because that game's oh, really good. Just a, a touch on Control. One one other thing I thought of, um, it, Control to me is more of a story-based game. Like you're, you're there to to figure out what the mystery is and complete the story. And I was chatting with a, uh, a buddy at work. Um, this was months ago, and we were talking about uh, streaming games and PlayStation Plus and Game Pass and, and all the stuff, and Stadia, of course. 
And he's like, well, I'm just worried that the the, the game I'm playing, this RPG that I'm playing, isn't going to look that great. And I was like, okay, are you playing the RPG for the graphics? Are you playing it for the story? And he's like, oh, well, the story, I, I want to see what happens. And I was like, okay, do you care about the font that's used in a book? Do you care how pretty the, the paper <laughs> is that you're reading? He's like, well, no. And I was like, well, that's the same. Like, if if this version of the game is just is 1% more ugly <laughs> with whatever <laughs> weird rating system you have, who cares if you're just there for this for the story? And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, you're right. And then he, he was playing, he continued to play it on streaming. And he's like, this is great. I don't know. I don't know why I, I was so negative about it. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I understand why people want beautiful things. That's mm -hmm. that there's people that go and buy like a Maserati and they detail it every single day because they want their car to be the best and they want their uh, their car to look the best. But I, I'm I'm fine driving around in my uh, in, in in my SUV and, uh, and and having some dust on it. I don't care. Uh, and that's that's kind of what I think of the difference between people that are obsessed with graphical beauty compared to the rest of us that that don't that know that it exists and are okay with it. But it's not the end of the world when we play a game that doesn't have it. Yeah. All right. Uh, you've also been playing more One Piece, which we talked about extensively last week. If yep. um, if you missed that episode, go back and check it out. Uh, he talked extensively about One Piece, and I talked ex extensively about uh, Chris Tales. Uh, anything new that you want to say about One Piece? Just that it continues to be good. Uh, I'm I'm. I, I, I want to say about halfway through the game from what I can what I can see as like the number of chapters and things like that. And it just keeps getting more ridiculous and just crazy. I, I want to watch every episode of One Piece so I can figure out what exactly is going on because it's uh, it's just a wonderful game. So uh, don't sleep if it's I think it's still on sale for a few more days for a really decent price. It is a fun uh, Spider-Man crossed with Assassin's Creed with an anime skin type game. It's uh yeah, it's it's a pretty decent price, and right. it's a really good game. Awesome, and uh, I, so we had the free weekend, and uh, did you play either of the? I mean, you already had both of these games, so yep. did you jump in on any of those? No, I was I was out of the city for the entire day yesterday. I got home and then fell asleep, so I I haven't had any chance to get any of the free play stuff in. Uh, that's kind of what I'm hoping to do a little bit tonight. So I got a question for you because you played a lot of avengers on yeah. on google stadia and i played it for the first time this weekend and i was very disappointed not in necessarily the okay I, if i was playing as thor actually if i was playing as hulk or or captain america where there's not a lot of aiming to do felt fine to me uh mm -hmm. when i was playing as iron man and i had to like aim at something i was struggling big time like I could not like I felt like it was slow and sluggish and look I've played shooters on Stadia there's no reason for it to feel like this is it just me or is that the experience um I, I remember early on uh messing with my settings a little bit to make um my um reticule move a little bit faster um when I was playing um, things do get a little bit better when uh, you've un unlocked a lot of your upgrades because you're spending less time, um, less time, sort of using the the really kind of um, glitchy, janky uh, to use a word that's in our our title um, <laughs> um, skills. You you get more into uh, more crowd control stuff and 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 other things as you start unlocking more of your skill tree. So yeah, I do remember right at the start, like there's the uh, the opening where you're kind of flying over the bridge as Iron Man and you're trying to target the person. And it was just like, what is happening here? Why can I not target them? Um, I, I messed with my settings a little bit. Um, but when you get a little bit further in the game, I didn't really care too much about that after the fact. It, it was a little bit jarring at the start, but uh, either you learn to adapt or uh, the settings that I changed uh, was was all that I needed to do. Well, who did you play as though? Um, I I played. Uh, I've got all my characters up to level fifty. Oh, okay. uh, my main, so everybody. My main was uh, for the most of the most of the game was Thor. I I loved the way Thor controlled. So I was running around as Thor and smacking people with Molnir and and flying through the the air and uh, dive bombs that, that created explosions. Um, and it, it was fine. But with Thor, you're 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 throwing that hammer a lot and uh, i didn't i didn't notice that the aiming controls were that off um maybe it was just a maybe i needed a period of adjustment or whatever 
All right, that's fair. I, I I had a bad time playing Avengers, and I'm happy that I didn't buy it. When that makes me sad because I really, really was excited to to play that game. I'm probably going to pass on it, no matter how cheap it gets. Although there's this weird thing where they put Pro on Avengers, like on I can't remember. I didn't screenshot it, but there was like it was like Avengers Pro, and it was because it was the free weekend thing. And a lot of people are assuming that Avengers is now a pro game, and I think that they are going to be very disappointed by that. Um, yeah. If it, if it becomes a pro game, I'll give it another shot. But I'm 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 happy that I didn't spend money on it because I had a bad time with it. Which is, you know, it's okay if people disagree with me because I'm you know, disagreeing is what happens on the internet. Lloyd disagrees with me, and I'm not gonna kick him off the show you know he had fun with the game i didn't and that's okay um olympics uh i didn't i played a little bit more of olympics this weekend because of the free uh because of the free weekend i might do uh, an olympic stream later on this week i'm not sure uh if i have time but that game is so good like i i really have had fun playing olympics Have, have you played it much since it came out yeah, I've played I've played a, a few times here and there, um, doing some some multiplayer and, and things like that. It, it is really fun. All the mini games are simplified in such a way that there's very few buttons that you have to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's it really is fun for the whole family. Like it, you could play with a four year old, you can play with a hundred and four year old, and the the controls are easy enough to grasp for pretty much every, anybody. And uh, it all performs really well. And even if you screw up, um, kind of some of the like hilarious animations was enough to make the, the, the kids start laughing. And stuff like <laughs> I, I feel like uh, it's my go-to basketball game because it's so simple. It reminds me of when I was a kid and my friends and I would sit on the floor at, at, at my friend's house and we would play double dribble on the NES for hours upon hours upon hours. I love the simplified gameplay mechanics uh yeah. that that are in this this version of basketball and all of the other stuff the one thing that i don't like is and this is funny cuz you and i talked about this is the boxing i cannot get my head around it um like it's yeah. so simple you just use the mm-hmm. sticks to box but i always just get punched in the face over and over and over again and i cannot i just can't get my head around it so that's the right. one that i avoid and the judo the judo one is very weird um yeah. it's like the controls are strange and they i don't i feel like they don't quite land but everything else that i played was really really cool uh yeah. that game is great uh, i'm i'm a huge fan of the olympics game which totally surprised me uh you've also been playing uh a little bit of a fighter yeah, I, I jumped uh, into Mortal Kombat 11 a little bit just to have a, a look at what is included with the uh, the gold package or whatever the Ultimate Edition or whatever it was called, the the bundle that was on sale mm. recently that comes with all the DLC. And man, it's just so weird playing a game that has Spawn in it and it has uh, <laughs> it, it has the, the Terminator 2 um, with Arnold's face on it and it has... Uh, it has Rambo and it's just like all these weird characters. Uh, Robocop is, is in there as well uh, because I played a lot of Mortal Kombat 11 at launch. Uh, didn't get any of the DLC and then start jumping to this one and I'm like, these characters are weird. I wanted, I want to master them. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to be playing a little bit more Mortal Kombat 11, but I realized that I, I hadn't actually booted it from when I bought it when it was on sale for um, like the crazy low price. So I wanted to at least jump in and, and check out some of those characters. That would be a great game to have crowd play where, you know, you could you could have somebody just say, all right, you're the next one up. You fight somebody. The match is over in, yeah. I don't know, like three minutes or whatever. And then the next sure. person comes in. Put your quarter on the screen uh, to, to get in <laughs> line. Yeah, that, that would be that would be a lot of fun for sure. Absolutely. All right. Let's talk about the August Pro Games. Uh, Stadia did a weird thing like they did a this week in Stadia post. And there, uh, there, they, they didn't mention the pro games for some reason because they yeah. tweeted them instead. What do you think that's about? Well, they tweeted the pro games 15 minutes before the blog post came out, which was really What's weird. Um, I'm, I'm not uh, not quite sure why uh, they, they did that. Um, and then I was like, okay, well, that's good. That gives people a little bit of a bonus as to why or as to what's coming. That's fantastic. 
Um, but then they didn't include the the things inside the uh, the normal blog post, which uh, I don't know. Maybe they're trying new things. They're uh, they they have some new people working in their social team um, and their marketing team, so maybe they're just trying different ways to generate excitement and and um, and and people interacting with them on Twitter. But uh, yeah, it was a it was a little odd for sure. I I I fully think it's a great idea for them to tweet that out but they should also include it in the blog post. But the the games that are uh, Stadia Pro games, which you can claim today because today is the first of the month. For those of you who don't know, uh, each month you get, uh, I don't like saying free games, but you get games that are included with your Stadia Pro subscription, your optional Stadia right. Pro subscription. Uh, and this month we are getting Killer Queen Black, Valkyria Chronicles 4, Grime, It Came From Space and Ate Our Brains, and Epistory Typing Chronicles. Uh, the one that I'm most excited for, Grime comes out tomorrow. So those those of you that are looking for it, it doesn't drop until tomorrow, but you won't have to pay for it if you subscribe to Stadia Pro. That's the mm-hmm. one that I'm most excited for. But the one that I think everybody needs to absolutely 100% check out is Valkyria Chronicles 4. I adore that game. It's awesome. It's uh, this turn-based strategy game with uh third person shooting mixed in it's really really good and i hope everybody checks that out but i'm very excited for grime because it looks like a i'm gonna say almost like a metroidvania Mega Man style uh where you yeah. fight something and steal its powers i'm very excited for grime yeah grime grime looks really good it looks dark soulsy to me like the, the battles all seem to be um I seem to have some weight behind them. Like you're not just uh, from mm-hmm. from the screenshots and video that I've seen. It's not like you're you're going through rooms that are filled with like zombies that take one hit or whatever. Uh, it uh, it feels like everything has a little bit of weight and and danger behind it, which is really nice. Um, these are a great collection of games. There's uh, there's a dual stick shooter. There's a a multiplayer focused game. There's a role playing game. There's a typing game uh, with that has RPG parts in it. And then there's Grime, which is a game that everyone's excited for. Fantastic set of titles. I'm actually really excited to play Epistory. Uh, this is the one game in here, other than Grime, of course, that I haven't played yet. So I want to jump in. I've I've almost bought this a game so many times when i've wanted to, to fill a few minutes and i'm like oh, i need to do something new what's what's on stadia that i don't own i'm like oh epistory uh maybe next time um <laughs> so so being able to to get in and play this game i'm uh, gonna be very excited about um but then tomorrow it's gonna be all grime all the time yeah uh, i think that what they absolutely should have done uh with with this tweet and i i don't know maybe it's hard maybe you can't do that on twitter i'm not sure i, I this just occurred to me these should have links that I could click that I, that I can then play. If they could make like a little short link, Killer Queen Black, and I could click the little link and take me right to the game and play it, that would be a good idea uh, from Stadia. I feel like they don't take advantage of their their click-to-play stuff as much as they could. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could definitely see that. Uh, I it's going to be interesting once uh, these new contracts start rolling out and people are are getting bounties for click to play and screenshot screen share and all this other stuff. I, I want to see what the marketing turns into for both from Stadia, but also from all these third party uh, developers and publishers, because uh, I think that could be uh, really interesting to see all the Stadia links flying uh, everywhere. Uh, as I as I said, when we started talking about this. It's going to be um, amazing advertisement for Stadia without Stadia having to advertise uh, just to uh, to get all these links out into the, the, the public domain. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about something that surprised us. Uh, I, I had already posted the show, or I probably would have had different uh, a different thumbnail and title for the, uh, for the episode of the podcast over on the YouTube channel, uh, but Google just announced that or they actually they haven't announced it yet i'm sure it'll be on the this week in stadia thing uh the thing that we have said that was going to come a million times um you know they were they were doing the resident evil deal in order to get rid of the premiere editions they were doing the uh cyberpunk deal in order to get rid of those uh those uh premiere editions they were doing there was another deal where they were giving away a premiere edition i can't remember what it was 
but they they gave away a whole bunch of the premier editions and for those of you that don't know the premier edition is a controller and a chromecast ultra with an ethernet adapter all in a package it also comes with a month of maybe it's three months it comes with some amount of stadia pro which is awesome and as soon as they announced sabrina which was the code name for google tv Lloyd and I were saying, all right, well, they're getting rid of those uh, premier editions so that they can ship it uh, with this because it comes with a remote and a lot of people don't like to use the Chromecast because it doesn't have a remote. Well, it's finally here. The play and watch Google TV package, which is a weird uh, title, but uh, you can now order a Stadia controller, which usually goes for 70 bucks. And right. a Chromecast or a, a Google TV, which usually goes for fifty bucks, for a hundred bucks. So you're essentially saving twenty dollars. Uh, you get to pick the color of both the controller and your remote. So basically, you can say, "All right, well, I want the sky blue uh, remote, and I want the Wasabi." Clearly, you want the Wasabi controller because it's awesome looking. Yep. And um, then, if you want to add on an Ethernet adapter, that's an extra ten bucks. Uh, we'll get to the Ethernet adapter in a minute. What do you think about mm. this, Lloyd? I think it's great. Um, I, I was wondering what the U.S. price was because I can only see the Canadian one. And it's $140 up here in Canada, but it's the same savings, save 19%. Um, it would be nice if we could save $19 plus the 30% exchange that we're paying up here <laughs> in Canada, uh, which would be which would be a little bit more of a savings. But uh, but yeah, the ability to choose your, your Chromecast color from, what is it, Snow... Uh, sunrise and sky uh great names for it uh and then pick your stadia controller clearly white just black or wasabi really they only need to have one choice there it's clearly wasabi (laughs) um is great um i'm a little concerned that you have to add an ethernet adapter because that's asking for um bad performance potentially down the road although uh the the sabrina chromecast with google tv uh has better wi-fi um i've i've been using one uh on a tv upstairs that that isn't wired and with the old chromecast i was getting dropouts constantly just because of my wi-fi network i'm not really getting that with uh with this new device so maybe the the better antennas uh better um better radios i I guess would be probably the, the 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 biggest change here um makes a huge difference so maybe maybe without the ethernet adapter would be enough for most people but yeah i i I thought it would just be included um, with with everything here. Maybe, maybe a future one will. I, I think it's fine that they don't include the Ethernet adapter because there are there's a lot of people who just don't have Ethernet anywhere near their TV, and that means that they are paying for a thing that they will not use. So yep. my guess is what would have happened if they said, "All right, if 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 somebody was in charge and they said, "All right, there has to be an Ethernet adapter in every single one of these." then they would have charged $10 more and everybody would be spending $10 whether they would be using the Ethernet adapter or not. Now, I do understand that there's going to be a lot of people who will buy this thing and they won't understand that an Ethernet adapter will improve their experience. Right. But there's, you know, I just feel like this is the same thing when we go back to when it first when, when the Google TV first came out, is that there's a lot of people who don't have Ethernet. Uh, yeah, they have Ethernet that goes to their Wi-Fi router, but that's it. Uh, right. yeah. Or maybe they don't even have any Ethernet because their modem is their Wi-Fi router. So, like, that right. kind of thing, people don't want to pay for a thing that they're not using. So that's, in my opinion, why it's okay that they didn't include an Ethernet adapter. But I saw a lot of people who were mad about that. Yeah, I mean the reality from a component cost standpoint, um, your what what you're buying without the Ethernet adapter still comes with a power adapter, and the cost to add the Ethernet inside um, it can't be more than a, f- a few pennies <laughs> when you're when you're making it That's at, true. at uh, when you're making it in millions of units, right? So it's just weird that they have that choice. But anyway, maybe they're they're maybe Google's confident in their their Wi-Fi um, antennas and. Uh, it just to me having Wi-Fi and something that's sitting beside uh, a TV that has or sitting behind a TV rather that has so much shielding in it, which because they don't want R- RF interference uh, interrupting your TV experience. Well, you kind of need 
you need you need the radio frequency stuff to go through your TV then. Um, so it's it's weird that this works at all when it's behind your TV. But I, I guess Google's really confident in it. Um, the the one thing about this whole package that makes me uh, that makes me kind of giggle um, is on the first slide of their image it says one month of Stadia Pro included for new players. Well, it's not included as part of this package. It's included of signing up for a new account because everybody gets <laughs> one month of Stadia Pro. And I'm like, that's kind of tricky, Google. But uh, but yeah, I get it. Um, this is great. Uh, I I, I want to see these in stores, um, like a an all white one, a, one that has a white Chromecast with a black controller or, or a Wasabi controller. I, I think getting these in front of people um, is going to be a good thing again because uh, seeing seeing uh best buy uh screenshots or or pictures rather not screenshots of people going through best buy and seeing all the stadia stuff uh, was great to see so hopefully they're planning to do the same thing with uh with with this bundle the you know the last thing i'll say before we move on from this is i don't like if you aren't in the know when it comes to this stuff and you go to buy this and you you go to the website and you click on oh what's the what's the color change and you click on sunrise and nothing changes and <laughs> yeah. then you click on the controller and you're like oh what does just black look like what does wasabi look like and it doesn't show you what it looks like <laughs> like that's yep. just bad website design yeah. what is that all about like how am i going to make that decision if i like how am i going to decide that the wasabi is clearly the best controller <laughs> if i don't get to see it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I thought that was weird as well, and I thought I thought it was just like my browser was doing weird things. Because if you because if you go sideways uh, or if you hit like the right button to change your screenshots, you have to go through each one twice. And I'm like, oh, okay, maybe maybe it's just my browser is weird. Okay, <laughs> but no, it's happening to everybody, so uh, they can fix that really uh, really quickly. Hopefully, they they get on on the ball and, and get that done. All right, so if you clicked on this thumbnail. Uh, over on the YouTube channel, then you were like, "What is what is he talking about jank for?" And there's this there's this blog post that came out on the 26th over at uh, Stadia.dev, which is like their Stadia blog, which is not the consumer facing blog. This is right. uh, for devs, and there was some really really interesting stuff in there about how even though you're you're not necessarily designing a cloud native game and how can you still utilize the cloud in order to make things better for your customers? And this was really, really an interesting read. So absolutely, I'm only going to hit some highlights here and then we'll Lloyd and I'll have a discussion about it. But I highly recommend that if you are interested in what makes playing games in the cloud an improvement over playing games on a local machine, even if that game was not designed with the cloud in mind, then definitely give this a read. So uh, a couple of quotes that I want to grab here. First off, it says, and the the quote is, games are an interesting medium where visualization controls and sound become an extension of your experience until your vision stutters and you jump two feet forward from where you were standing. So then they they loaded up uh, Assassin's Creed with this pipeline cache turned on and then with the pipeline cache turned off so that they could show what that stuttering is. But we've all experienced it before. We've all been playing a game and have your character warp forward uh, in order uh, to, because the game was like, oh, uh, well, they moved and we had to do a bunch of calculations. And then once we finished those calculations, he was no, the, the player was no longer in the place where they were when we started those calculations. So let's pump out those pixels and show them where they are now and your character kind of rubber bands forward. We've all experienced that. We've also experienced the opposite where the the game continues to draw where your character is, but it doesn't draw all of the things around you. And so we have what's called pop-in where you know enemies or characters just start to appear. And we've seen this on Stadia, we've seen it on uh, desktop PC, we've seen it on Nintendo Switch and Xbox and PlayStation, you've seen it everywhere if you've played a game where instead of having something gradually appear, it just shows up in your face and you're like, oh, okay, well, that was really, really weird. Um, So this is what happens when you have basically the computer is doing a bunch of math it finishes its calculation, and now it has to account for the fact that the world has changed while you are playing. 
So here's what they have to say about that. Compilation of graphics pipelines is one of the common reasons that load screens can take a long time and why your visuals may jump or stutter, and they call this jank. Uh, Stadia can remove this stutter across all users over time. If you notice a game running better than it used to, it may be thanks to players like you doing your part by playing the game. And I think that, <laughs> Lloyd, you and I have talked about this before where we've played games and then, like, a couple of weeks better, it's a like the game just runs better. Yeah. I think, like, Borderlands was one of those things where I, I assumed... And maybe it was because of patches or whatever, but I just assumed it that it, that that like that that a game that I'm playing got better over time, right? Because I'm because of the devs are working hard in the background to fix it, but it it's actually because what happens, and I'm going to give Lloyd a chance to talk in a second. Um, he he didn't get much sleep, so he asked me to be techie guy for. I'm, I'm wearing my <laughs> Lloyd hat today. Um, so basically, what's happening is. Google is looking at all these things and they're like, okay, this guy, you know, Bill's playing a game and this thing is just happening for the first time in Bill's game and we saw some jank, right? So let's let's keep that. And next time somebody does what Bill does, we'll we'll send them that instead of running into that jank. We'll have that pipeline already rendered, already finished and we can just say, "Here it is, Bill." or Lloyd, because I saw the jank and so Lloyd doesn't see it. And as you have lots and lots of people doing this over time, you continually get rid of that um, that pop-in or that rubber banding that you see in uh, on other platforms or in other games. Did I right. did I explain that right, Mr. Tech Guy? Yeah, yeah, for, for the most part, 100%. Um... The first part about this um, blog post that I really love is that they use the word jank because I use yeah. the word janky all the time. And everyone's like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, it doesn't look right. They're like, well, why is why are you saying janky? And I'm like, that's a word I've been using my entire life. So thank you, Google, for <laughs> le legitimizing my use of the word janky all the time. Um, but yeah, essentially what this is doing. Um, so modern video games, uh, they have things called shaders. And from a very high level, I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty tech stuff. What a shader is, is it's a small little program that runs um, to do something. So it can do, it can make your water look good if you program a shader to do the water physics. Uh, it could be things like emitters. So if you have a fire, you would make a shader that would make the flames do the flamey things. And you'd have another shader that would emit kind of like the sparks and other things. Um, but those are little programs that are compiled at runtime and they run in your in your video card, essentially. So they're little programs that a, a shader developer or someone in the, the graphics team or the development team writes these little bits of code um, that then run and they they do their own thing. So as a developer, you don't have to say, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to make the fire looking really good. OK, let's create these functions to do fire physics. You don't have to do that. You write a shader. The shader compiles, it runs in the background, and then it, it, it's almost like a graphics call for you as a developer when you're putting this stuff together. Again, very high level. You can correct me in the chat if you want, but I'm not trying to be super, super accurate. The problem with these um, shaders is they're, they're um, just in time compiled. So when you're running them, they get compiled, and that takes a little bit of a hit. So a lot of times during load screens, why the loading is so big, it's not just taking these big textures and pushing into memory. That's part of it. But it's also taking all these shaders that are commonly used and compiling them, pre-compiling them. And then when you stop playing the game, all that work that was done is now thrown in the garbage. And the next time that you play the game, you get the same load screen, you get all these compiling things done. What Stadia is doing here, which is something that you really can't do on any other platform right now, I mean, in the future, of course, it could happen, is they're taking all these pre-compiled shaders, um, which are part of what they're calling pipelines, because it's not just shaders, it's other things. But they're taking these things and they're caching them. And it's not just caching for you. It's caching for everybody that is playing the game. So these well, hold on. Little... Just just want to say not they're, these aren't ones that are pre-compiled. These are the ones that are just in time compiled. And then they're just holding on to those and putting them in a pre-compiled batch. Right. Which is which is what I what I just said, where right. where it, they're they're compiled and then they're stored and cached for everybody else. Right. So that so that. That that compiling that thing that adds jank if it's happening in the middle of a of a really big action scene goes away because it says okay uh, spark emitter number one do you exist yep okay it just pulls that that information in and it loads it like an asset that you would have 
on disc. Um, amazing. Uh, this is amazing. So you can't really do that on a console because your console isn't going to go to the internet and say, hey, PlayStation servers, has anybody else compiled the shader? Um, no? Okay, let's pull this in. Has anybody um, had, had this one big pipeline? No? Okay, let's pull it in. That doesn't really happen. Um, of course, game developers could pre-compile all this stuff and, and store all this stuff in a big cache that's that's on the disk, but they don't really do that. So this is just one big um, example of stuff that Stadia can do that wasn't wasn't possible on other platforms. Uh, where I hope this leads is no load times. So you start a game and it has a preload of everything that would be loaded into memory at start. So all the textures, all the all the shaders, all the pipelines, all everything, and just take that big like couple couple gigs of of data in a data file and just instantly drop it into memory. So you hit start on a game. You get the nice little Stadia logo, and then next thing you know, you're at the main menu, and you can jump right into the game. I hope that's where this is leading. And then down the road, um, where I hope this goes is if I pause a game and I quit the game, it says, "Do you want to do you want to save this for later?" Or it just does it in it does it on its own, and then it saves like the last three save states uh, of the games that I've played, so I can quickly switch between them. This stuff can't really be done anywhere else for for a mass mass amount of people. It can be done like my Xbox Series. I can quit a game like uh, uh, I don't know uh, Gears, and then go into another game, and then I can instantly switch back to Gears because it's caching all that stuff on the local disk. But using Stadia and Google's just incredibly fast uh, data centers that are replicating data all around the world every second of the day, um, they can do things that really can't happen anywhere else so this is a really great thing getting rid of jank uh, is is something that all developers should want to do um but uh but yeah down the road i'm, I'm kind of wondering where this type of like caching pre-compiling storing um is is going i i really hope google of course hasn't said anything about quick resume um or 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 getting quick quick entry into games so just because i'm talking about something that i'd like to see doesn't mean that they're working on it or it will ever come but I'm just thinking about what they talked about here and then seeing where this thing can grow. Because, you know, Google's an iterative company. They make something, they iterate, 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 and then it spawns a couple different uh, programs or a couple different projects. And then they iterate, 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 and they expand. It's almost like, a, it's almost like a, I don't know, mold growing or bacteria <laughs> multiplying, right? Uh, but th that's a gross way of saying this is really good in a programming sense. So uh, this is fantastic, and I'm really excited to see where this goes. So I'm going to play devil's advocate now because mm -hmm. anytime that you can say anything good about something, you can always find a way to spin it in a negative direction. Here's where I see people arguing as this is not necessarily a bad thing, but the bad side of this is, all right, so a game comes out on August 1st, or we'll say Grime, okay? Let's say Grime comes out tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. If I play it tomorrow... I have a worse experience than Lloyd who plays it on the uh, the September 2nd, uh, you know, a month later because mm. I've gone through and I have had all of the just-in-time uh, calls made and Lloyd gets all of the pre-compiled things that I just compiled for him by playing the game. Right. What are your what are your what's your answer to that devil's advocate argument which I don't think is really a big deal? My hope is that that never happens because you have people that are playtesting these games. So through playtesting, all of that stuff should be cached and stored. If it's a cacheable and storable thing by just people in the development team or or game testers playing through the game, all that stuff should should just just happen. Uh, if they start putting AI into these things, uh, so you have machine learning figuring out uh, various other things, of course, it's it's gonna it's gonna change from from day one to day 30 potentially but a, a lot of the the stuff that they're talking about in this um in, in this blog post about load times um just hopefully won't happen because that that stuff will all be done before the game is even available for us general people to buy off the store uh and, and i'm sure that it will be but there are some things that can't be done until you get masses and masses and masses of people playing the thing that i thought that you would say is exactly what alucard is saying in chat the, the base level, the, the launch day level for Stadia is just like playing on any other platform. 
Uh, and yep. but the thing is, is that the Stadia version gets better over time, and the yep. other versions don't. Like they always it, stay the same. That's right. It has the chance to get better over time. Um, and and the, Google's always been a company that is fighting for less data being used, less elect, uh, energy being used in their data centers. Uh, not compiling things at 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 load time. That's going to save. Uh, it's going to save a, a few. Uh, kilowatt hours across the the whole entire Stadia base, right? So this is good for Google. It's good for their energy consumption. It's good for developers. It's good for players. Um, this is just good all around, and it's uh, really cool to see Google working on stuff like this. Because uh, remember when uh, when when they closed down a certain uh, company, and everyone said all the development uh, is going to be done, and and this is a, a dead platform. <laughs> clearly, clearly. That is not the case, and uh, as as we said, they're just focusing their uh, efforts in in other places, and we're seeing starting to see the fruits of some of that focus uh, with something like this. Absolutely. All right, let's move on. Um, we got a little bit of uh, more news from a job listing, uh, and this kind of confirms what what Lloyd and I uh, have have said before. Uh, but there's this job listing that basically is saying it was on cloud. Or it was on LinkedIn. It was found by Cloudy Games. And basically, it, it confirms that what Stadia wants to do, in addition to uh, running what they, uh, in, in addition to doing what they're already doing, they're also going to be working to make it so that other publishers can use Stadia's backend to roll their own cloud stuff. So, you know, if I'm uh, a publisher A, I can say, all right, well, I'm going to sell my game on my website and you'll be, they'll be playing it on Stadia servers, but I'm just mm -hmm. selling my game on my website. Uh, and I think that there's a lot of people who, who hear something like that. They get irritated. I'm going to give you the actual quote. It says, in addition to building our own video game platform, we see an important opportunity to make our infrastructure tools available to partners who want to build their own interactive streaming platforms. Our goal is to build long-term sustainable business that helps grow the industry across gaming and other interactive streaming applications. For me personally, I think that this is absolutely great. And there's going to be people who are like, but I only want to play on Stadia. And that, that mentality, I just don't understand because this is essentially the same thing that you're getting. It's just owned by somebody else. It's not even owned by, some, well, you know what I mean, Lloyd? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. And people are like, see, this, this is the beginning of the end. It, like people focus on Stadia failing so much online. It just drives me insane. This isn't the beginning of the end. Google stock talked about this from almost day one that yeah. they're looking at powering other people's stores. Like this isn't news. The only news is that there's a job listing now, which is which is great. But mm -hmm. Stadia, this was one of Stadia's focuses right from I, I believe our first interview with uh, with uh, superhero John Justice when he was still part of the company. Um, Google's wanted to do this because Google does this everywhere else. They you can get a Gmail account. And everybody can get a Gmail account, and that's great. But you can also sign up for a corporate plan where Google powers your whole infrastructure for your business for calendaring and and chatting and video chatting and, and Gmail. No one's saying, "Hey, well, th this is this is diluting my Gmail experience because Google's focusing on this other stuff." <laughs> that's perfect. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen, right? Um, and the the best part about this is if you go to Capcom's website and you can play all of Capcom's games in the cloud, and they're using Stadia. That means that every new Capcom game that is added to their store most likely will be added to the Stadia store. So if you want to be just a Stadia user and you don't want to use Capcom's service or Konami's service or Square Enix's service, that's fine. Because my assumption is that if you've gone through the porting effort to get your game running on Stadia through your own whitelisted uh, store or sorry, um, white something store, white labeled, white -labeled. store. See, I, I didn't have very much sleep last night, so words are, <laughs> words are tough for me. So your own white-labeled store, why wouldn't you just say, yeah, I want to sell this to everybody? So this is a win-win-win. Google gets to get more data on usage. They can do other things like cutting down the jank in other areas through pre-compiled or caching or other things. The more people that use their services, whether it's from Stadia.com or SquareEnix.com, 
gives them data and Google's a data driven company. More data means they can they can find other ways to make things work better. Um, the fact that other companies will be uh, advertising this stuff, it means that there's going to be users that we don't even know Stadia has, which means multiplayer is going to be better, which means just everything is going to get better. This is a this is a really good thing. Um, I can see where people are like worried that this means Stadia.com is going away, but it, it would be like Google renting out servers to other people for multiplayer games, which they do, uh, mm -hmm. and saying, okay, we're now in the multiplayer game server business. We're cutting down, at, we're, we're canceling everything else. We're not doing it. That just doesn't make sense from a financial standpoint. Google wants to, they, they want to run the internet for as much of the world as they can. And having having more stuff like this is just, uh, it, it's, um, it, it's a movement towards that, which is good, but it benefits everybody that currently plays on Stadia. From a consumer standpoint, uh, the idea where, uh, okay, so let's say that, that company A wants to put it on their website, but they don't, they decide, you know, I'm not going to put it on Stadia. From the consumer standpoint, I still don't understand why anybody cares because your game is still just a link. Like, that's right. all it is. And that's what, you go back to GDC 20, whatever it was, I can't remember, um, when they got up on the stage and they had like the giant screen behind them and they were talking about all the stuff and they were like, look right. what happens when we put all these things together. They said, your game is a link. That means that you can put your game on Twitter. You can put your game on YouTube. You can put your game on, I was going to say Facebook, but ew. You can put your game <laughs> in all of these other places because right. your game is a link. And the fact that people don't understand that I like boggles my mind. It doesn't matter if the link goes to stadia.com or if it goes to goes to square.com or if it goes to ea.com. It's right. just a link. And you know what? You could just bookmark it. And yeah, really and you're not having any other like no there is no other thing. Now I, I suppose that like it's easier people want to just go to one place for things i do understand mm -hmm. that i don't like loading up the ea origin store on my pc when i want to play a game on there i prefer to just load up steam i understand that but it also like that comes with extra overhead on my pc having the origin store the uplay store the steam store right. the windows like all these different stores all running in the background like that adds a bunch of overhead this doesn't add overhead to anybody. So I think that I think that gaming companies are going to go to Google and they're going to say, "Hey, guess what? We're we're running our game and you know what? It's not going to have the the negative connotations that come along with Stadia right. all the time." And you this also means that, you know, you're going to be playing a Stadia game, a Stadia game. I'm using quotes <laughs> for the for, I'm using quotes for the audio listeners right now. A Stadia right. game on your Nintendo Switch or on your Steam Deck or on your Xbox or wherever right. it happens to be. Yep, 100%. And another big feature that uh, many people are are potentially forgetting about but are very happy when they when they see what this new feature is is crazy um publisher only sales. Like the, Square Enix will have an anniversary and on their website they're selling all their games mm. for like $10 or something. Yeah. That didn't happen. Square Enix doesn't do that, but let's just throw that out as an example. Um, so imagine the ability go going to Capcom, uh, Capcom's website and Street Fighter five is out and it's available. And then they're having some six month anniversary sale and you can get Street Fighter five for $12 on their website. Well, then if, if it goes the way that I think it will, where if I buy a game on Capcom's website, it also appears on my stadia.com library. That means I just bought a stadia game for $12 instead of $60. And that is going to be huge. And then who knows down the road, maybe places like Humble Bundle will start having Stadia bundles or, but they're not Stadia bundles. They're uh, Ubisoft uh, selects bundles and it mm -hmm. gives you streaming versions of them, which are just Stadia versions. Like this opens up so many other uh, um, possibilities. Again, people are saying, well, you don't know that exactly. I don't know that. And no one knows that only Google knows that only the people that they're going to hire are going to know that. Um, but instead of complaining now about the future, why don't we wait until we know what we're complaining about um, or not, right? So but I'm, I'm not I'm happy unless I'm yelling about something, Lloyd. <laughs> I just well, hit my desk. Then, 
join the rest of the internet, I guess, Bill. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I'm I'm not I'm I'm not worried about this until there's a reason to be worried about it. Because why would I work myself up into the lather over complaining that other websites are going to sell games that uh, are running on Google servers? All right, let's move on and talk real quick about Destiny because we're going long today. Uh, I want to talk real quick about Destiny Two. Destiny Two is getting crossplay. Uh, mm. We already knew that, but I really like the way that they're doing crossplay. Basically. The way that it's happening is for PvE, uh, because it's it's kind of an MMO-ish game. Uh, for PvE, it's a giant pool of players. So if you are playing, uh, uh, you know, going up against non-player characters as your enemies, you are going to be playing with people who are on PC, people who are on Stadia, people who are on um, uh, Xbox or PlayStation or wherever. It's one pool of players, which is really really good i love that and um one issue is that they're not going to have voice chat at the beginning uh which that's 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 not great but that's something that they said that they are working on they are going to have text chat which up until now you can't really do text chat on consoles uh so what does that mean well it means that they're going to make it so you can see what the other players or people with a keyboard are saying but you're not going to be able to say anything back right away. Uh, they're working on that as well. And they are going to allow you to hook up uh, in the future. They're going to allow you to hook up a computer to your Xbox your, or a computer, uh, a keyboard, <laughs> a keyboard. To, yeah, to your Xbox or your PlayStation in order to type things back, which is great. But you won't be able to use that for inputs in the game, which is also great for people who are on uh, console for PvP. Now for pvp if you're playing on pvp all of the consoles will be matched together pc will be kind of on its own but stadia will be with the uh console players which i think that's a problem i think that's a problem for uh for anybody who's on console because you can play on mouse and keyboard on stadia yeah. and that means you have an advantage over them and i know that there's people who are like stadia fans and they're like oh thank god i'm gonna wipe the floor <laughs> with everybody i'm like is that fun though like yeah. th why aren't they doing this based on your input method like all right if you are using a mouse and keyboard shove me over with all of the mouse and keyboard players on computer if i'm on a computer or on stadia and i'm using a controller put me in with the controller people i don't understand why why companies don't get this yeah I, I, it's gonna be interesting uh bungie has definitely been doing this in waves where they first announced it and then accidentally turned it on <laughs> and then and then turned it off they said that they're working on ways to level completely level the playing field which is one of the 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 section heads in this uh, blog post so I'm thinking that um, down the road, that will be something that they do. But I think for the first wave of things, um, they're, they're not. Um, I, I think I, I, for me, playing on Stadia just makes sense for multiplayer games because of the lack of cheating. And you can do aimbots, I guess. You could find some way to have uh, a program run on your pro on your computer that analyzes the stream and figures out where, where people are. But you're not able to actually look inside and see where everybody on the map is um, mm -hmm. because of the way that the data, the the, the multiplayer data isn't coming back to you. So I, I think in the future, having more things like this where they they uh, they force people or, or encourage people to go play on a platform that doesn't have cheating is going to make their uh, their security team and uh, and uh, I guess um, uh, I guess multiplayer teams uh, breathe a little easier because they don't have to keep figuring out how to combat the ways that people are cheating. But uh, but yeah, I mean, this is going to be great. Uh, it We've known for ever since Stadia launched that Stadia lobbies are way smaller than any other platform. Stadia is new. Yep. Stadia is growing uh, in the future. Hopefully it'll be the size of one of the other main consoles and then there that won't be the problem but this is a great way to kind of mitigate that uh and it's also a good way to mitigate that in the future when your game isn't new and maybe you have a a 10 of the total audience of your game is still playing having larger pools is going to make that easier for uh, games as a service like destiny 2 to, to to stay relevant and and keep multiplayer happening so this is a this is a bonus uh, i i do worry like you bill a little bit about mouse and keyboard kind of uh, uh poning the noobs uh as my son would say um 
I, I, I don't know how much of a problem that's going to be, but I'm, I'm sure Bungie will uh, make adjustments as they as as things kind of crop up. That makes sense. All right, uh, real quick before we wrap up the show, uh, we did get an official gameplay trailer for FIFA, and yeah. I mean it. It looks nice. Um, I I don't get excited about this. Not be. How much does the animation really Im- improve the game as you're playing this game? Or are you just looking at where the ball is and where the little icon that's under the player that you're playing as is? Like, right. are, do you really see this stuff when you're playing or are you focused on the gameplay mechanics so much that it just kind of fades away? I mean, it's cool. Don't get me wrong. It's cool. Mm-hmm. But is it important? I, I think the hypermotion technology that they're adding in here is going to change the game uh, for, like obviously with a, a bit of a a bit of a joke there but the the ability to kind of juggle the ball away from attackers in a different way that ha- having people wear these motion capture suits and do the things that they would do on the pitch is is going to be huge for just changing the way that kind of the ball handling in in fifa will go um of course they ha- they have to design a system that adapts to uh all the different animation frames and and how players are are playing while they're playing the game but th- that's kind of what they're doing they have they have these set mo- set motions as canned animations and then they have a way for using uh the computer learning um ai stuff to kind of go between one and the other um and and if this if this turns into better ball juggling so you can stop having people just do a slide in and kick the ball away and trip you and not get a penalty uh or or get a get a get a card um that that is great um soccer is probably one of the harder sports games to simulate just because of the ball physics and the large pitch and the number of people on on the field and and properly simulating kind of the way that actual soccer players when they're when they're playing um move on the field and and stuff like that so i I guess time will tell Uh, it looks great having better animations and the player actually doing what you want the player to do while you're playing is going to be huge um i want to say this i want to see this rather in uh, like nhl i want to see uh things because they've added stuff like look you can do you can do stick stick checking and, and you can deke around and you can have all this other great stuff and it it, it was it was kind of trash to be quite honest. It was all a lot of like smoke and mirrors. But if they can use this type of technology to to really more simulate what real players would do just by not having twelve can animations, I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be great for uh, sports games. But time will tell. Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it is when I am playing a game and I push like let's say I'm playing a soccer game, my character has the ball. I push down on my thumbstick, my character starts running down on the on the pitch, you know, towards the bottom of the screen. Has the animation actually changed the way that the game plays or did it just change the way that it looks to somebody who's watching the game and not playing the game? Right. I, I know what you're saying, and I, I guess time will tell. Uh, if you're just moving up and down and no one's around you, it's probably not going to change the game. But if you're being if you're being pressured by by two defenders as you're trying to move towards uh, t- towards the the goal and take a shot, um, four thousand animations compared to I think it was three hundred before or, mm-hmm. or twelve hundred or whatever that number is. Even just having the extra animations is going to be great. But then having the machine learning be able to figure out their own kind of animations based on re how real players move is going to change it. Well, at the end of the day, are you going to get more more goals? Maybe, probably not. Um, but it's gonna it's gonna make the the image that's on the TV look as close to something that you're watching on ESPN um, than than maybe it did before. And, and don't get me wrong, um, I don't want them to not do this. I'm just wondering how much it will actually impact the moment to moment gameplay. Uh, I'm all for making a game look prettier. All right. Uh, we went pretty long today, but we got some super chats and m- new members that came in during the show. So uh, let's I haven't looked at those real quick. Uh, we got Jem uh, sent in a super chat with a little a little gem uh, super sticker. So thank you very much for that, Jem. Uh, Eric uh, sent in a super chat. They said, good morning. Thank you very much. The Underwood sent in a super chat. Also said, good morning. Love the show. Thank you very much. Uh, Chase, for the gaming advocate, sent in a super chat. They said, 
Happy Sunday, Bill and Lloyd. Just wanted to stop by and show some love. Hope you both are doing well. Chase. And we, we are. Thank you very much. And then Jerry Proudlock became a member. So now they're going to be able to watch those old D&D streams. Uh, thank you very much for becoming a member and for the support. And thank you to everybody who's here with us. Uh, or if you're watching this after the fact, who hits that uh, thanks button, we do appreciate it. By the way, speaking of down near the thanks button, there's this new button called the clip button. And if there is, a, somebody mentioned this in chat earlier, if there's a moment in the show or in any of our live streams that you're like, oh man, this that was really great. I like that moment or this is something that I want to share uh, with, with other people. Uh, use that clip button. You can select like a portion of the show and then you can share that out to wherever, and it brings people to that exact moment in the stream. So uh, mm -hmm. thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us. Anything you want to talk about before we get out of here, Lloyd? I don't think so. I'm probably going to go have a nap because I'm an old man that shouldn't have spent so much time running in the huge waves as I did yesterday. But uh, yeah, thanks, everybody, for coming out. Uh, this is a great show. Hopefully, uh, hopefully what we talked about was exciting. Let us know below. Leave us a comment. Hit the little bell. We'd love to chat with you. Absolutely. Thank you guys for hanging out with us and being here for the live show. We really do appreciate it. You are all awesome. Stay rad, and uh, hopefully we will see you next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Take it easy.